Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're going to be in um, Mark 9, but before we get in there, we're also going to read some of uh, Mark 8 and some of the some of the verses leading er, ending that chapter and leading into chapter 9. But before we do that, let's let's open with a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you for this day, and I just pray that it would be a day in which I'm submitted to you, that I that my heart, my focus, and my spirit would be in submission, and that it would be open to your to your calling. That as I read, and I study, and I understand, I try to understand your word. I just pray, Father, that I would listen to you. I would be submitted to your lessons and your will that my heart and my mind would be yours to use and to enlighten, that it wouldn't be my thoughts, but it'd be yours, the creator of all. I just pray that you would speak to me, through me, and use me. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're on day four of our two-week study of Jesus's life and teachings. And the program was for Mark 9, to be the one, the book that's read, or the chapter that's read. But as I was reading um, and preparing for for this, I was reading eight also, and well, parts of eight, and it just really struck me as very and was very personal to me. And it just it it's amazing how the the Bible uses individuals that I can relate to, and so. In verse 31 of chapter 8, Jesus is is talking with the disciples. He's teaching, and he's teaching to to, uh, some of the crowds too. And um, he's talking about his death and what's going to happen and how he's going to have to suffer. So here in verse 31, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So I can just picture it's like, he's talking about how he's going to be crucified, not crucified, he isn't specifically stating that, but he's going to suffer, and he's going to be killed, and then he's going to rise again. And he's saying this to the people. And Peter's sitting there going, whoa, whoa, wait, that's not what they want to hear. That's not a good message. That's not a positive thing that you're going to die. And he's thinking all this. So he's like, yeah, I got to set this guy straight. Yeah, great. He's, you know, the Messiah and he's God. But um, because just prior to that, Peter is asked by Christ, who do the people say I am? Who do the people say I am? Who do you say I am? And it's you're the Lord, that you are God. And so <clears throat> then Peter has the arrogance to be like, Hey, I need to pull you aside because you're not saying the right stuff, dude. And so he pulls him aside and he says, you know, you got to change what you're saying. You can't go around telling people you're going to die, dude. It's bad. (laughs) And I could just see someone doing that. Maybe even me in my own blindness saying, Hey, you know, you're, you're like the leader and you're kind of our 
food ticket and you know you're a money maker or whatever you want to describe it and you don't want to tell people you're going to suffer and die at the hands of the authorities and so <laughs> it just cracks me up and but w- when Jesus turned to him and looked at his disciples he rebuked Peter get behind me satan he said you do not have in mind the concerns of god but merely human concerns and i have to say I feel like that so often. I feel like I am missing the boat. I'm totally inadequate at being his son because my focus is on the world. And and it may not be on, you know, everything worldly, but doing things myself or how I think it should happen. And, you know, cr- like I've said before, creating a theology or a, or a methodology for, for living and creating a way of belief so I live a certain way, so I do certain things too and whatnot, instead of really understanding what God has and what the concerns of the Spirit are about. Instead, I feel so often like I'm totally inadequate to understand the spiritual and because I'm so focused on the material, the physical world, and how I can navigate through that successfully. And that's one of my biggest struggles right now is how do I navigate my life, the physical, instead of focusing on the spiritual because as we discussed in previous chapters God made us in his image and God is spirit so we're a spirit made in God's image with a physical body in order to be able to live here so the primary focus isn't our physical or it shouldn't be our physical it should be our spiritual so I just feel I've been feeling very overwhelmed with the 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 idea that I'm not doing a good job at the spiritual side. And it just, you know, it just really, when I go through the the books of Isaiah that we've gone through and our Sunday mindsets and whatnot, so often as I've looked back, I think about it, is this just me trying to do something to create a methodology for me to grow or to be able to perform an act like, I think God wants. So anyways, I, I, uh, that's just where this whole piece has gotten, you know, that reading has gotten me where I'm not, you know, focused on the spiritual, but I'm on the, you know, I don't have the concerns of God, but I have human concerns. And I just feel like as a daily basis, I struggle with making sure that I'm focusing on God concerns not world concerns or man concerns. Anyways, I I don't know where that goes and fits into all of this. But with that said, we are doing our four, we are on day four. So we'll be, uh, let's just go ahead and start with chapter nine, verse one. And we'll be reading all of Mark nine. And he said said to them, truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. 
There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. It's so funny. Again, typical. And Peter, I just feel like I'm relating to him in so many ways. It's like, uh, I'm terrified. I don't know what to say, so I'm just going to say something. And so so he just started babbling. And uh, it's like, how do uh, these spirits, these beings, why do they need shelters? It's like, come on, dude. Uh, but that, again, that'd be something I would do. Um, anyway, so in verse 7. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. <laughs> I feel like that's like God rebuking me half the time. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what was what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, why do, you, why do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it was, is written about him. And that was John the Baptist. When they, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around him and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. You know, I wonder after being transfigured if, if it was still, still similar because when Moses was in front of the burning bush in the presence of God, when he came down off the mountain, he was a completely changed human being and his his physical appearance was very different so i wonder if there was a similar element with with christ verse 16 what are you arguing with them about he asked a man in the crowd answered teacher i brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech whenever it seizes him it throws him to the ground he foams at the mouth gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid i asked your disciples to drive out the spirit but they could not you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Again, it's like God just told him, listen to him. Now he's like, how long am I? How long do I have to put up with you guys? <laughs> so they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fires or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If I can, or if you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I totally feel like and can relate to that father. I believe. Help me with my unbelief. I mean, what a great, great thought and concept. 
When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed in him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciple asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? Jesus, he replied, This this kind can come out only with prayer. <laughs> it's like, it's just, to me, it's so interesting because he, Christ is, is saying, Everything is possible for one who believes. So think about it. Again, we're created in spirit, with a human form for for living on earth and living in this environment. That means that if we're created in the image of God, we have elements with of him in us, in our spirit. And if we have the faith, we can be, and if we're in tune with Christ through the Holy Spirit, imagine what is truly possible. And that's the type of logic and thought process I go through. It's like, my goodness, why can't I, why can't I do or achieve or see or understand X, right? All is possible, and, and Jesus is like, hey, this this spirit is only can only come out by prayer. And it's like, almost like, guys, if you'd been in to, truly in touch with your with your convictions, with your faith, with your spirit, you would have understood through inherently oh yeah you've got to pray and fast for this type and do this for this one it just it just seems like it would be the wisdom and the knowledge would be there if we are truly in touch with our spiritual side through christ and the holy spirit verse 30 jesus predicts his death a second time they left that place and passed through galilee jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples he said to them the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men they will kill him and after three days he will rise but they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him they came to capernaum when he was in in the house he asked them what were you arguing about on the road but they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. <laughs> this is like such a typical thing about guys and people. It's like, I'm better than you. Um, so sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom, whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. So there's the whole hierarchy there. Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Again, these guys are classic. It's like, oh yeah, you're not part of our club, so you can't do that. You can't do that good thing because, yeah, you're not hanging with us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me, for whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives it, gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. 
these guys just remind me, and they're such images of me and people I know. And what it really does is it makes me feel less bad <laughs> because these are the 12, right, that he chose. And he changed the world with these 12. And, of course, he's God and he can change the world. But he changed the world with these people who are, are fighting amongst them like little kids. I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. Or, hey, you can't go and do those miracles because you're not one of us, right? You're not part of the club. <laughs> it's like, it's just crazy. Verse 42, causing to stumble. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go and go into hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the worms that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. So there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot of, of me in, those chap in that chapter and in those readings. And in that last section where it's like cut it off, cut it off, cut it off, or pluck it out, um, it's really, I went through and read some commentaries because I really didn't want to cut off my, my hand. And it, they really just talk about it's better to, to suffer and to, or to do what's right and versus and, and have eternity than it is to have a short-term gain and joy of sin. So, but that last verse in of 50 salt is good but if it loses its saltiness how can you make it salty again have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other i always get concerned that can i get my salt back my saltiness can i get my fire and my excitement for god back when i've fallen away it's always that nagging peace within me and I know that God does not give up on us he doesn't give up on me and he'll keep allowing me to struggle and strive and achieve and come back and fall in love so I just you know so much of this reading has been this today has just been to me I just see so much of myself so much of my friends and uh, I just encourage you, if you feel like you've lost your saltiness, if you feel like, you know, you've got the concerns of the world, not the concerns of God at your forefront of your memory, don't feel bad. All the disciples did too. <laughs> the disciples were just a bunch of guys. They were just guys like you and me. They were just a bunch of people who massive flaws, massive issues and challenges. And yet he changed the world with them. 
And I know if I submit myself, if you submit yourself, <clears throat> he'll change the world with us too. So with that, I'm just going to end in prayer. Lord God, thank you for this reading and this time today. I'm grateful for all that you've given us and you've shown us. I thank you that you've opened my heart and I pray and submit myself to you. I pray and submit to your concerns, not mine. And I pray that you would be with us, walk with us, and that our hearts and our minds would be open to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you very much for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Take care.